I'm telling you right now, if you don't have the passion, forget it because it is a lot. It's like a roller coaster ride. Some days you're going up and it's great and we're high-fiving and the next day you're like, oh my gosh, it's mm-hmm. crashing and burning. You're putting out fires and you know, that's just part of being an entrepreneur. If you really want to do something, don't let what you don't know hold you back. You'll learn along the way. It's about hustle and going after what you want. And if anyone knows this, it's Gigi Goldman and Kiana Cabell, co-founders of Kopari, the clean beauty company with a cult following. After just six years, four of them on the market, Gigi and Kiana built a business in a rapidly changing industry and have their coconut oil-based beauty products in over 2,000 stores, all while giving back. Coming up, you'll hear how paying attention to a need in a market, going after your dreams, and being willing to find opportunity with industry changes along the way can lead to real success. This is the Entrepreneurista Podcast, presented by Socialfly. It's the best business meeting you'll ever have with must-hear real-life looks at how leading women in business are getting it done. And what it takes to build and grow a successful company. It's beyond the gram. With no filters. No limits. And plenty of surprises. Gigi and Kiana, thank you so much for being here with us today. We're so happy to be here. Yeah, we couldn't be more excited. Well, the two of you co-founded your business back in 2015, but Mm -hmm. I want to know, how did you guys meet? Yeah, it's a funny story. So I actually was living here in New York, and I just finished up a natural culinary school. And after the program, I knew I wanted to launch a product. I just always thought it would be a food product. And I was working on a coconut product, and uh, I was working on the packaging, and I was kind of hitting a dead end with the guy I hired. And a friend of mine uh, founded another company called Suja, and I loved that their packaging was fun and playful. So I went to him to kind of help me, you know, con- get connected with the packaging designer. And I told him about my idea, and he's like, "Oh, that's interesting. You know, I've never really." I don't know anything about coconut oil. And he went back to San Diego and Gigi and her husband, Bryce, um, who's been in the beauty side, showed up at his house with also a box of coconut products and was like, I want to start a coconut brand. And so our friend, who James Brennan, who's also our partner, we went to college with him. And he was like, I can't believe it because in the past two weeks, like four people have come to me with this concept around coconut oil. And he's that type of guy who's like zero to 100. And when he senses a current out in the universe, he really takes advantage of it. He's a serial entrepreneur. So two weeks later, we were in New York meeting Kiana. We were meeting with a lawyer. And from there, it just took off. How did you come up with the name? (laughs) So coming up with the name is really hard. So many of them are trademark or you just don't have that sense that it really connects with you. Um, So the name was almost the last thing we came up with before we launched. We like threw out maybe like hundreds of names. Yeah. And I had a- Checking everything. I was like- I had a mood board. I'm like, which one feels right with the brand? But it ended up that my best friend growing up found the word Kapari on the internet. And it's actually an Indian word that means coconut. And the second I heard it, it's like naming your child. You're like, that fits. You just knew. You just knew. (laughs) Like I had literally fireworks in my head. And the trademark was available. Yeah. yeah that's amazing. It's semi like made up ish because it's, uh, you know, it has a few extra letters in the Indian way it's spelt, and we just removed it to kind of make it sound a little more. Well, you sure. did the right thing. You got it trademarked right away. And that's yes. one of the most important things you can do as an entrepreneur when you're starting a business. For sure. Yeah. And Kiana, you grew up in Hawaii. Did this really impact your appreciation of coconut oil? Yeah, of course. I mean, I grew up using coconuts forever, like drinking the water. And, you know, I would make my own like funky beauty treatments out of coconuts and other products I'd find and it would kind of end up like glue. But um, yeah, I was always passionate about, you know, natural beauty from a young age. And, you know, in part of the Hawaiian culture, they've always have used coconut for mm-hmm. beauty. So it's just natural. And I was living in San Diego, and I was a stay-at-home mom, and I was also really concerned with health and wellness. I mean, half the products I was using, I couldn't even understand what the ingredients were, and I really didn't want to use those on my kids. So I was cooking with coconut oil, and then I'd take it to the bathroom. I was using it head to toe. I was using it on the kids after sunburns and on rashes. I was using it on my 87-year-old dad. I mean, 
it was like my kids were like, you're coconut crazy. And that's when I had my aha moment. Um, but what we found is the coconut oil from, you know, the grocery store didn't quite cut it. So we searched the globe and found the most premium coconut oil on small family farms in the Philippines. And Kiana and I actually went there this past March. And not only did we actually see the groves, which were absolutely beautiful, but we also were able to build homes for the people who work on the groves who lost their homes in natural disasters. So we built Kapari Village. They actually named it after the brand, which was incredible. And we built 20 homes. And actually, our goal is to relaunch a campaign this year so that we can build 40 more homes. That's incredible. It was honestly such a special experience. Yeah. It's nice that it's full circle. And, you know, it's these people that are actually harvesting all the coconuts and to be able to give back. Um, is huge. Can you walk us through what the process was like of finding this place in the Philippines that had the best coconuts? Because I mean, did you go to Google? You're like, where are the best coconuts? Like, what is that process (laughs) like? I worked really closely with the labs um, because they have such, you know, abundant resources for ingredients. So I sampled so many different types of coconut oils, Mm. you know, from all over different regions. And I found that the best quality coconut oil was out of the Philippines because they've been practicing organic practices for so long. So there's no trace amounts of chemicals Mm. in the soil. And they really harvest the coconuts at the peak time. So for coconut oil, you harvest older coconuts, whereas in coconut water is younger. So a lot of times, you know, premium coconut water is from Thailand um, and the premium coconut oil you get is from the Philippines. And it was important to us that it was sustainable Mm -hmm. and we really developed a connection with the community, as I said, when we built the houses. So, um, and not only do we use the coconut oil, but we kick it up a notch with other natural ingredients. So we incorporate charcoal, aloe vera, rose, different ingredients that enhance or complement its benefits. And we also use a whole part of the coconut. So we use the shells, the water, the extracts, and we're even incorporating milk. Wow. How long did it take you to develop your first product line? It was about a year. Um, I mean, honestly, we all came into it with such naivete, but we were really students of the process and learned along the way and did our research. And I always say, if you know how to learn, you can learn anything, but you just have to go out and like a student, research everything, find the branding companies, the packaging companies, the labs that really believe in what you're doing. I mean, are we... Our other pillar is clean, and we have the clean seal from Sephora. Um, but at the time, like that was for Whole Foods. And, you know, we really wanted to bring that mainstream and do it in a really playful, colorful way, finding people that fit with your ideology. How did you launch the brand? What was that process like? And did you launch in Sephora or on your website? We initially, you know, we kind of went back and forth. We, Felt like we had the roadmap and, you know, of of course, as you figured things out, it would evolve. But we initially launched with a direct-to-consumer strategy launching online. We really wanted to drive and garner that awareness. So we had that leverage and be able to connect with our customer and really learn. Because I think, you know, when you're launching something, obviously, there's so many different ways to go about it. I think if you can just get out there to market and really connect with the person you're or the customer you're selling the products to, you can learn so much directly from them and, you know, change things and evolve things before you go out, you know, mm-hmm. to the Sephora's and all, you know, Alta's and all those stores. Um, so that was really our strategy. And, you know, when the time was right and we had, you know, that awareness, we were doing different, you know, online marketing ads and things like that um, to capture customers. You know, everything just kind of worked out and we started getting all the calls from all the yeah. retailers. And, you know, it was really exciting. Um, I remember the day we, by the way, we were six of us packed in like these teeny offices and the emails started flowing and it was exactly about like six months after we launched a company from Sephora, Ulta, no, I mean, every major retailer in the country. And we were literally like, is this real? And it kind of all hit at once. And I remember when we were sending the email with the link to our presentation, we were all like triple checking it. Does the link work? Oh my gosh. Um, so it was incredible. I mean, six months in, we're like, wait, we're getting calls from all these people. But I think because none of us had had ever launched a 
brand before, really, in the beauty space. We came in with just like free reign. We were able to do it differently. And I think that's what really set us apart. Mm -hmm. It was more of a lifestyle that incorporated, you know, Kiana's Hawaiian background and our San Diego background. So you saw like a lot of images of the beach and it wasn't just about a product. So I think that's what really set us apart. Yeah. It had a lot of personality and it was fun and, you know, you could connect with the brand. Mm Mm-hmm. And it came from our hearts. Like, this is what you see on our Instagram page is how we yeah. all live and what our house looks like. I mean, <laughs> all of our houses and our office look the same. So I love that. Yeah. And how do you guys divide your responsibilities? What do you each do? Well, when we, you know, started, we kind of just jumped in. You know, everything really happened so fast. And, you know, naturally, you know, we all kind of fell into our roles, which mm-hmm. really, you know, we leaned in on our own strengths. And, It actually worked pretty synergistically because, Mm -hmm. you know, we all have different strengths and weaknesses. So I do a lot of the creative, the branding, the product development. Mm -hmm. Gigi does a lot of the retail. Yeah, I'm more focused on trade marketing and Mm -hmm. the retail partnerships and strategy around, you know, the assortment and just how we look in store and come to life there. You talked about your core values too earlier. Can you share with us what your core values are and how you came up with them? You know, growth is really challenging. So when it was five of us, we didn't have to think about, you know, what's the company culture going to be like and all of that stuff. But now we're at 35 Mm. people and that's really critical because I believe, you know, happy employees are more productive. Mm. So in terms of like the brand, our core values are we always use coconut, again, clean products. We want to embrace that lifestyle. And then as a company culture, we actually hired a company that comes in that helps us really create a culture that has those values that we consider our most productive. And I think for me, really, and all of the founders, we live our life the way we run our business. Mm -hmm. And there is no line between that. So it's, you know, being honest, being kind, being productive, giving, you know, putting your best foot forward every single day. Hustling, asking questions, you know, empowering the team. And really being progressive. I mean, we're a progressive brand. We started D2C. um, And you have to be really mobile in today's world, like we were just talking about. I mean, it's changing so quickly. Every day. (laughs) Every day. And you have to be ahead of that curve and be open to it. That's actually one of our values, too, is to stay ahead of the curve. Because as you said, everything is constantly changing. So what are some of the things that you do to stay ahead of the curve? I was going to say to that point, I always tell my kids, it's survival of the most adaptable, not the strongest. Um, You know, we're always open. You know, we're open books and we're looking at everything that's coming ahead. I know we were talking about TikTok, but what are the – I mean, I get a real good glimpse into what's ahead because I see my kids. I've got a 17, 15, and 10-year-old, so I see what they're doing and I – go into the office and I'm like, hey, guys, we got to look at this. So I think it's um, doing a lot of research, staying in touch with, you know, the community and just being open to what's happening and testing it. So we do a lot of testing. Also, just being able to test it and, you know, measure to see what's working so you can really lean on on those things, Mm -hmm. I think is huge. Yeah. What have you tested before that has just not worked for you? Oh, a lot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. We've we've done a lot of testing. I think for us, you know, a lot of the things have worked, yeah. but it's taken us time to get there yeah. and learn how to do it right. Like you could put 10 ads on, let's say, Facebook or Instagram, and the one that you maybe didn't think it was going to work really connects with the audience. So I think there's potential in all of these avenues, but it's just figuring out mm. what really connects with the consumer yeah. um, that you're going after. And we have such a big digital presence. We, you know, because we launched direct to consumer, we do a lot of A-B testing on our website. And I remember early on, we had, you know, our brand voice was with this really kind of fun, cheeky language. And I remember testing kind of that fun, cheeky 
you know, language to sell product and also just more straightforward. And I think we all thought the straightforward one was going to win, but like the cheeky, you know, playful content won like by far. So Mm -hmm. just like doing things like that, but constantly, you know, testing and being able to kind of measure. And what's hard is what works for a certain period, then you've got to evolve because as we said, it changes. Mm -hmm. So then you're like, oh my gosh, wait, this worked for so long and now we got to figure out what's working today. The next thing. Yeah. I think also being able to measure things is so important. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when you're going so fast and you're such a high growth company, it's hard to actually like really focus and go back and really be able to measure what's working. Mm -hmm. So I think one of our biggest challenges is we've had so much opportunity Mm -hmm. so quickly. Mm -hmm. It's learning how to say no and focusing on your top five priorities. So we're constantly evaluating what those are and really working on those. And then, you know, as things evolve, you move to your next five priorities. Yes, that's something that Stephanie and I talk about every day. It's so hard to say no. It's so hard. What was the last thing you said no to? You know what? It's so important. I mean, I think we expanded really quickly in retail and we're starting to just say, no, let's focus on what Mm -hmm. we're doing here and now. And we've had so many opportunities overseas too, but everything takes a ton of work. So you just have to say, oh, well, it's such a great opportunity, but do we have the manpower and the, you know, finances and the bandwidth to do it? Also, Um, I'd say with product development, you know, we've definitely gotten to the finish line on a lot of products and then just had to pump the brakes and be like, all right, yeah, let's, uh, you know, scale it back and focus. And with Coconut at our base, you know, there's really so many products and different avenues. And, you know, currently we have body care, skincare, personal care, like baby care sounds interesting. Hair care sounds interesting. You know, there's so many different directions, but it's kind of like, all right, let's just focus in on our core and be able to talk about that. Yeah. We learned a big lesson this year. I think Mm -hmm. we launched a lot of products. So we had different strategies over the years, you know, just launch a few. Mm -hmm. And then this year we launched a lot and we really realized that it was like almost too much for the Mm -hmm. consumer to adapt. So we're really pumping the brakes, like Kiana said, Mm -hmm. on that product development and you know, focusing and honing in on a product so that consumers can try it and really learn mm-hmm. about it and adapt it. Do you have a sampling strategy? Yes, sampling is critical. So we sample a ton with our retailers. We send samples out in every single box that we mail out to our direct consumers. Yeah, we do it sometimes like pre-launch, like so they can test it before yeah. it actually comes out. And we were able to get reviews, which is really nice. And that's worked mm-hmm. really well for us. We test it with influencers. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times too, what we'll do is we'll create products and um, send them out to our consumers before they're even on the market samples so we can get their feedback before. Or we'll ask our customers, what do you guys want from us? Mm-hmm. Especially those early adopters. And what what has been your feedback from your customers over the past several years? When we're doing that specifically? Um, You know, I think all the feedback's generally been pretty good. I think they really are fans of the brand. So I think they just generally like being included in the process. But I think as a whole, they've, you know, really like been well received. One thing they're asking for is hair care. I think the other thing they really gravitate towards is our body care and personal care. I think when you're asking customers to though, or retailer partners, you also have to be careful because you can't lose your innovative edge and just rely on them because I don't think anyone would have told us to launch a deodorant, but we really saw an opportunity in that market. And also we really believe that a natural deodorant was really important. So you have to be really careful because you want to be innovative and think outside the box. And then you also want to incorporate everyone's feedback. So it's a combination of both. I got big into using natural deodorant when I was trying to get pregnant and then when I was pregnant because Mm -hmm. I just didn't want to put anything in my body that wasn't safe or natural. I think what really also sparked, you know, my passion for it is I have two teenage boys that are using deodorant and I'm like, hold on a second. They need something that's clean. Like Mm -hmm. if I can start them now, they're not going to have to make that transition and it will just become a habit and their body will be used to it. That was a big motivator. Yeah. And then, you know, initially early on, 
our inspiration for creating products was what really actually naturally worked with coconut mm-hmm. oil. And there were people, you know, blogging about, you know, the top 15 uses for coconut oil. And it was deodorant, oil pulling, all of our body moisturizer, makeup remover. So those are the things we really lean mm-hmm. in on, on what people are already just using it for. And, you know, who wants to just be slathering coconut oil under their underarms? Like we can make it so much better and more user friendly and add other, you know, natural cutting edge ingredients. So. That that. was kind of really why we wanted to launch the deodorant. Mm -hmm. Coming up, the challenges with having four co-founders and lessons learned. So you talked about growing your team to 35 people, which is an amazing accomplishment. What have been the biggest learnings of growing your team over the past several years? Oh my gosh, there's so many. <laughs> I would say that, you know, when it was just the five of us, there was less dynamic, obviously. As you grow, there's so many dynamics and you spend a lot of time managing people. Um, and everyone comes from a different place, both emotionally and career-wise. So it's it's a lot of people skills. Mm-hmm. I think one thing that we've learned is you have to move really quickly and be really efficient. And as you grow, that gets harder, right? So with five of us, it seems like we could make decisions and get things done overnight. And then there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen and a lot of opinions. And it's making sure that those opinions are heard, but then being decisive and not only leaning into your gut, because I think that we all cover that up a lot. And I think it's really important, but looking at the data, what's driving, what's working, and what does the customer want? Yeah, I think it's maintaining efficiency within that growth and maintaining that environment where people feel empowered, heard, feel comfortable asking questions. And by the way, failure is okay. It's just how do you learn from that failure and get up and mobilize? And what is your hiring process like now? Because it's probably different from when you were hiring your sixth and seventh employee to now you're a team of 35. Are you both involved in every single hiring decision? In all of the senior management were involved because I think it's really important for them Mm -hmm. to understand. I mean, look, they've got a tough job coming into four co-founders. And I'd say we're all very opinionated and strong. And that's helped us get to where we are today. But they really need to understand the dynamic they're walking into. And I think it's just important to make sure you're hiring the right people. And sometimes you're going so fast, it's like you're kind of pushing through it. And, you know, they're obviously presenting their best selves. And I think that's really hard to navigate as well. Or you kind of look back at like, oh, they've come from this company, like they must be great. But you don't know, you know, who is really doing what at that company. Mm -hmm. So we're like, you know, it's just like a shiny object. You're like, oh, that sounds awesome. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think finding really good talent is a little bit challenging in San Diego. And yeah you know, getting the right people and the right people that have the same values and really, you know, believe in the brand and what we're doing is so important Mm -hmm. as well. So I think, you know, all those things kind of. Yeah. So senior management, we're all involved in and then we empower our you know, yeah. leaders to hire their own teams. Yeah. But I think Kiana hit the nail on the head. You really want people who believe in your vision. Mm-hmm. And our vision is so unique and really comes from our heart. So it's hard to let go of that and put it in someone else's hand. So it's important that you can really collaborate and work with those people to carry out that vision. Are there certain questions you ask during your interview process to get out of these potential employees that they do buy in or believe in your vision? So I have a very unique way of interviewing people. I don't interview them. I have a conversation Mm -hmm. with them. And I think through that, for me, what I really see is who they truly are, um, not only in work, but in life. And I feel like you can tell right away whether they're going to work with you or not. So it's not a traditional interview style. It's more like a conversation. And the things I learn in those interviews is really interesting, like their deepest, darkest secrets. (laughs) Um, But I can really see right away if they're going to be the right fit. And sometimes it's hard because we've had candidates where everyone likes them And I'm like, I really don't think it's a fit. And it's hard to be that voice that's outside the box. And do you hire that person or? Well, in one situation, (laughs) we didn't. And in others, I'm overruled, which is totally fine. I'm Mm -hmm. like, here's my opinion. But you guys, at the end of the day, I mean, the CEO or whoever is responsible for that department makes a final call. And do you interview together or separately? 
We've done both, but I prefer of, separate. Yeah, separately. Yeah, yeah then I you can you know create that connection more. Yeah, and I feel like I do the similar, like just kind of have more of a conversation. And- mm-hmm. What are the roles on your team right now? So we have uh, four distinct departments right now. We've got our digital channel. We have our marketing, which sits between digital and retail because it's really important to just tell that 360 vision between all departments. And then we have our operations and financial department. So we kind of have four buckets and operations, I think eventually will be its own department. And that is one of the most critical components Mm -hmm. of any company, especially one that's grown so fast. I mean, inventory issues. It's so hard. It's so hard. Yeah. It's like, because you don't necessarily know, especially with new products, you don't know how big they're going to be and you're kind of just guessing. So we're yeah. constantly out of stock, but we're learning. <laughs> yes. And when you're out of stock, you're so frustrated because uh-huh. you're like, miss sales. But yeah, we're learning. And I think every year we get better at it. And then are you managing specific departments or does everything roll up into this, the CEO? How is the structure? Yeah, no. I mean, now we have, you know, our department managers um, and then we kind of work very closely like like I said, I work a lot with marketing. Gigi works a lot with retail. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it all kind of rolls up to the CEO. Mm-hmm. What would you say are some of the biggest lessons you've learned over the past four years being an entrepreneur? I mean, I think just going out and doing it and you kind of figure it out along the way. I mean, Gigi and I both say the same thing a lot. I think you just kind of have to go for it. And especially if you have, you know, the vision and, you know, you really are passionate about it and, you know, you think it's a great idea, then I would say go for it. Also, again, saying no is so important Mm -hmm. because it's so hard to say no, but it's really easy to say yes. And, you know, everything can kind of sound good. So I think it's just staying focused. Do you think in the beginning when you first launched, you were probably saying yes to like every opportunity that came about and now you've gotten to the certain scale. So now you've learned you have to say no. But do you think it was saying yes in the beginning that got you to where you are? I think part of it is that, but I think the sooner you can say no and focus on your top five priorities Mm -hmm. and also anything you say yes to, just realize what the cost is. Okay. It's a lot of money to do anything Mm -hmm. right. So I would rather do a couple things right than 10 things halfway. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I think the sooner that you can have clarity around that, the better off you are without missing opportunities as well. But to Kiana's point, I think really just doing it. I mean, look, I was in my 40s when we launched this company. We had three kids. And I was like, I'd rather die knowing that I tried than Mm -hmm. always wonder what if. Um, And today, I'm so grateful that we are where we are and that my kids have gotten to see this amazing experience that you could not no matter what school in the world you go to, you couldn't see the lessons that they've seen with Mm -hmm. us. I think that's one of the biggest lessons. And then in working with my husband, I think it's also about boundaries. And that's part of saying no. And also for us, just really having those boundaries between home and work and realizing what's really important in life. And I think that's your health and your family. I have um, a neighbor who's an emergency room doctor, and I'm like, she's like, how are you doing? I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm so stressed about this. She's like, dude, it's coconut oil. (laughs) And I'm like, you know what? You just hit the nail on the head, girl. Um, So, yeah, I think, look, work is really important. I think we define ourselves too much by that, Mm -hmm. though. I mean, it's also about what you're doing, how you're living your life. Are you enjoying it? And I'm telling you right now, as Kiana said, if you don't have the passion, forget it because it is a lot. It's like a roller coaster ride. Some days you're going up and it's great and we're high-fiving and the next day you're like, oh my gosh, it's Mm -hmm. crashing and burning. You're putting out fires and, you know, that's just part of being an entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, You're kind of riding that wave. It's definitely humbling too. You learn a lot about yourself really quickly and you have to look in the mirror and go, whoa, you know, (laughs) you've got those great traits and then there's things you need to work on, but you're moving so quickly that you learn a lot. You're drinking from a fire hose. Oh, absolutely. Was there a moment where you thought, I don't want to do this anymore. This is too hard. This problem is just too big. There's been several moments (laughs) I've thought that. Um, But, you know, I really believe that 
everything's here to teach you a lesson, mm-hmm. whether it's people or work. And I think you have to face your fears and face that feeling of I don't want to do it. And I'm someone who just keeps going yeah. forward, even if I'm swimming upstream. And I realize a lot of it comes within me, though. Like, it's the way I perceive something. So it could be like, you know what, that situation is really not that hard. Just take a step back, get clarity, get the answer and keep moving forward. So... What advice would you give to someone who's in, you know, we have so many entrepreneurs who are listening and they're in these moments a lot. Like, can I keep going with my business? You know, our top employee just quit. Like, what do you do? What do you tell yourself in those moments to keep going? I think you just have to take, you know, to Gigi's point, take a step back, analyze the situation, have some cool down time to really be able to think about it. And, you know, everything you forget about. Like, you know, like think about fast forward to something that was really crazy, you know, a month ago. You're like way past that now. You got to just keep going and keep chugging and everything goes. You learn from it and you keep progressing. Have the two of you ever disagreed about anything? Oh, never. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, all the time. (laughs) What 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 does that go like? At at the end of the day, that's the beauty of it, right? If we all had the same vision or same idea about every little thing, it wouldn't be the beauty it is today. And I think it's a combination of our four personalities and our four Mm -hmm. perspectives that have created this unicorn called Kapari. So, I mean, that's the beauty of it. I think... As the company's progressed, we've actually become more aligned in carrying out our vision together because now we have so many other people that could see it differently Mm -hmm. that we've definitely um, come together a lot more. And I think the other thing is I feel like we've both grown up a lot and Mm -hmm. it's not about being right. Um, It's about finding the right answer for Kapari Mm -hmm. and not us. So I think the egos kind of subsided a little. I mean, when we first launched, we're all trying to prove ourselves too, not only to each other, but that we're capable of it and et cetera. And then you grow up and you're like, okay, I'm I'm kind of done with that. I just want to get the right answer and keep moving forward. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, we both you know share the same values and actually all of our co-founders do. So it really helps us and we have the same end-all vision. So I think, you know, we kind of just lean in on our strengths and kind of go with that Mm -hmm. too. What is it like having four co-founders? Because that's a lot of people to have to all come to an agreement to make big decisions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what? It's super challenging, not only for us, and then you've got the married dynamic, um, but also I'm sure for our employees. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I think, again, we've all come to the same place where we've got the same vision. It's about doing what's right for Kapari. And I think at the end of the day, we all land at this point in the company's, you know, future, we all landed on the same spot. Mm-hmm. You talked about getting clarity when certain issues or problems arise. Do you have any tips on what to do to get clarity, to take a step back? Are you meditating, talking to friends? Yeah. I think just getting outside of yourself um, and whatever, you know, that means for you to get there. I mean, I really like to do yoga, but just taking yourself out of the situation and, you know, really thinking about from different perspectives is important and, Mm -hmm. you know, being able to understand where other people are coming from and, you know, Mm -hmm. depending on the situation. I, you know, do a lot of the things Kiana does and I completely agree with what you said. And I also have a 24-hour rule. So I think people respond so quickly now Mm -hmm. because of technology And, you know, people will show me a marketing campaign and I'm like, okay, I'm going to get back to you in 24 Mm -hmm. hours. I need to sleep on it. But it's hard not to have that initial response. (laughs) Yeah, it's hard. But I find that when I wait that 24 hours, I sleep on it. I take a step back. I'm cooking dinner with my kids. It all comes full circle and I have complete clarity. So I think just don't react so quickly and give yourself time. Like you deserve that to be thoughtful. That's really great advice. Is 24 hours enough time? <laughs> well, I mean, that could, at least. I, I, I just say 24 yeah. hours for me, but that could be you, – you can take a week if it's a big decision. Like you don't need – there's not that sense of urgency all the time. In 24 hours, you can get a lot done thinking-wise. I agree. How has your marketing strategy changed since you launched to what you're doing now? Because obviously social has really evolved over the past few years. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. 
So I think not only has social evolved, but because we went D to C from D to C to omni-channel, there's definitely a shift in resources to focus 50% on our retail partners and then our digital and then see how those two channels can complement one another. Mm-hmm. So that's been a big shift for the company overall because it used to just be direct to consumer. Mm-hmm. I think um, as we were talking about before, it's also constantly evolving like the influencer strategy, Mm -hmm. you know, going from large influencers to micro, building those relationships, exploring other platforms like podcasts, podcasts, direct mail, direct mail. It's funny because I think things are changing so much and then some of the traditional mediums are coming back. Um, So we test them all. And have you ever made a large investment in marketing that just didn't work for you? I think our biggest thing is the content. Content is king for us, and we've always created content that's really unique and different for the beauty space. So you can spend a lot of money on different campaigns, and some work and some don't. So it's about finding that right content and serving it to the right audience. So mm-hmm. we've experienced and also just doing that. things at the right time in your mm-hmm. career and trajectory. You know, I think sometimes you go out and you spend too much money too soon before you really have, you know, the eyes on you, and maybe that's not the right timing, and you know, different things like that. I think is important to you know go after brand awareness or different, you know, pillars at the right time of your life cycle. Do you have a secret strategy when you launch a new product, like a formula that you use to start marketing that new product that you found works? I and think the sampling secret, is not <laughs> I mean, there's so yeah. many different things. Yeah. I think the sampling has really been nice for us because, you know, one, you're getting it into consumers' hands early. If they love it, they'll be ready and, you know, excited mm-hmm. to jump on it. It also gives us, you know, reviews. So, when people go, I mean, nowadays everyone shops based off of reviews. Yeah. So I think that's helpful. I mean, I, we really believe in our formulas and our products and we know how good they are. So mm-hmm. just getting it into people's hands yeah. and having them be able to try Yeah, I think a 360-degree uh-huh. approach is critical. I think if you just pull one lever, it's difficult. I think when you pull all the levers and do it consistently over a time period and really pulse it and have that strategy, that's when – a product wins. I mean, we have total faith in our products, so we know they're good, but it's about consistently sending that message. I always say, me as a shopper, I need to see it three times mm-hmm. before I even think about, about buying it. So you have to say, as that shopper, where are they going to see it three times and you know what message is going to connect with them? Coming up, building a business that gives back and a surprise. You can connect with us at socialflyny.com and follow us on Instagram at entrepreneurs. Check out all our latest episodes at entrepreneurspodcast.com. So something that Stephanie and I like to do with all of our guests is surprise and delight. And it's something we recommend that all of our clients do as well. So we actually got presents for you. They're near your chairs. So I'm like, what is this? Open it up. Oh, I thought that there was something coconut. It had to be. (laughs) We figured you liked coconuts. (laughs) Wild guess. (laughs) Thank you, guys. These are gorgeous. Thank you. And we brought some gifts for you too, products. Well, we want some of our things. So yes. Tell, yes. Us, Tell us what's all about are. what we're what we're staring at here. So we have our organic coconut melt. It's kind of why we wanted to launch the brand. Yeah, I have that um, one at home because we just love coconut oil, obviously. <laughs> but um, you know. Gigi, again, she said she was slathering head to toe. I was slathering head to toe. You know, the coconut oil is so nice because you can use it as a hair mask, an all-over body moisturizer, a makeup remover. I shave with it. I put it all over my baby. Um, So there's really, you know, nothing you can't do with it. The quality, you know, as you were talking about earlier, where we source it from, it's really about the quality because it's not your grocery store coconut oil. It's so pure. It smells so good. Let's open it up. Smell it. <laughs> no, it's like super creamy and white. 
I always so say really it's like fine wine. You know, you've got your like $2 bottle of wine and your $40 bottle of wine. Oh my gosh. And gorgeous, that premium coconut. Can you eat it? Because I feel like I know everyone it wants to eat it. That's one thing people say about our products is they really love the smell and it really transports them. And I think that's so important when you wake up and you're starting your day. You just want that bit of calm and like yeah. thinking about the tropics. Especially in the winter when it's cold yes. and yeah. everything's so busy and bustly. It's like nice to have that escape in your shower where, you know, it smells like transportive. And when you're yeah. in New York and it becomes winter yeah. and all you think about is We're taking vacation. Like, yeah. Just and that's when you need right the coconut yes. melt the most yeah. because it's so dry and it's so hydrating because we, you know, we're very summery, but, you know, it's so important to be, you know, well hydrated. Yeah. Something I love about all of our products is it's really about getting that glowing skin, whether it's your face, your body, and it's about hydration. Yeah, my hands look younger. Can you pass that back to me, Courtney? <laughs> They're yeah, glowing. I need some more of my, uh, Was this yeah. the first product that you launched? It is. It's yes. one of the first four products. Um, and then, you know, we also just launched the same coconut melt, but in a white form. Yeah, I think so that's it's really convenient to be taking on the go. And if you don't know coconut oil, it solidifies, it liquefies yeah. at different temperatures. So it's just super easy to throw in your bag. You can use it as an all-over body moisturizer wipe. You can use it to take off your makeup. The wipes are biodegradable. So, it, you know, it's really nice. Yeah. I that love taking so it on the go. I pack it every time I'm on a plane. Yeah. I'm sitting here just rubbing this coconut oil into my, all over my face. into my dry really hands dry from New York City. And it's I nice because it it's one organic. Too. Yeah, it's one organic ingredient. So you know what you're putting on your body is as pure as possible. The other thing I love about our products is they're multitasking. I'm like, I'm a multitasking girl. I want my products to do multiple things yes. too. So it's really nice. Like if I had to leave home with one product, it would be the melt because I can use it yeah. in every which way. This is probably a dumb question, but can you cook with this? You yeah. can't. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> o- only because um, we fill it in a beauty facility. Okay. So we can't, you know, suggest for people to cook with it. But the quality, like you could, you could cook with it, but you can't because it's filled in a beauty facility. What are some of the other products that we're looking at here? So the other product that has become our number one selling skew is our clean deodorant. All right, let me try it. So it's aluminum <laughs> free. It on, guys. It's baking soda free. It won the Allure Best of Beauty Award, and we have more than five thousand five star reviews. And I've gone through a lot of natural deodorants, and this one actually works. Yeah. And it's nice because it's not sticky, I love and it this. glides on clear. It doesn't stain, so it's really the best natural deodorant out there on the market. I'm so excited to use this. I'm telling you, I've tried a lot of these natural deodorants and it's very hard to find something that works. Works. Yeah. Yeah. And I hadn't found something when I was pregnant, but I didn't care. I was just wearing, if I smelled, I smelled, I was putting on whatever I had. So thank you. You guys, I just put this on while we're sitting here recording this podcast. Just put on some deodorant. (laughs) I wish they could smell through the podcast. And we have um, some new scents we just launched too. We have a fragrance free. We have one that's infused with activated charcoal. Mm -hmm. So you can kind of pick your your fave. What's your beauty routine in the morning? Ooh, I'm super simple. Yeah, I'm kind of simple too. Yeah, so I honestly, every day when I get out of the shower, I have damp skin. I put the coconut oil on from head to toe. I put on my robe and then usually I do my hair and my makeup routine is literally foundation, blush, mascara on a good day, and our lip gloss, which is another one of my favorite products. It's petroleum free. It tastes amazing. It has like a natural vanilla flavoring and most importantly, it's not sticky. So you'll see me putting that on all day, every day. I can't wait to try that too. I'm trying all. I'm trying all these products. <laughs> and Kiana, what's your routine? Um, similar to Gigi, I slather with the melt. I have more of a skincare routine, so I'll do a serum. I really like the SkinCeutical CE Frulic. Um, yeah, I love that. That's kind of one of my favorites. I can't seem to get away from it. I'll use our face cream, which is really nice. It has a nice smart emulsifying ingredient, so it actually adapts in different climates. So. When it's cold out, it's actually heavier, and when it's warmer, it's much lighter, and you really notice it, Um, and it has anti-aging ingredients in that. I'll do, like, kind of a simple natural makeup routine as Mm -hmm. well, but I'm quick. Like, I'm quicking out the door. Yeah, half the time I'm putting my makeup on in the car Mm -hmm. as I'm But I do have those, like, nights where I'm doing, you know, like, the masking and, you know, Mm -hmm. all that as well. And I do a lot of the product development, so I'm constantly testing, you know, what new products that are out there and Mm -hmm. different Kapari products. So it's really changing quite a bit just as I'm, you know, really testing out new stuff. 
Do you guys ever take a moment to just sit together and be like, wow, we did this. Look where we are. No, we don't. (laughs) And that's something I've thought about a lot. Like, we need to do that more. Um, There's been very few times that we've stepped back and actually Mm -hmm. celebrated. I think that part of our personalities is like we're always on to the next thing and moving forward. But I think it's so important to step back, celebrate, you know, small wins, big wins. And I think it's important and we need to do it more. We can take a moment all right now to just celebrate. Yeah. You know, sometimes when you're in it, you don't really see, you know, when you're in the day-to-day, you don't really realize it until you kind of take a step back and other people put it into perspective for you. Or, you know, I was just doing in-store education visits and people are just so, so excited. And then it's kind of like, ah, pinch me, you know, if you have those moments. And I remember when we were first launching, people were like, oh, yeah, I heard of Kapari. And I was like, no, you didn't. Like, you're just being nice. And then, I mean, I feel like, you know, six months later i'm like oh wow they really have heard of kapari like yeah. you know it is becoming yeah. something like so. you guys did it like yeah, you did it crazy. and we're it's sitting crazy. here looking yeah. at your products yeah. you're sharing the story yeah. with us and you did it yeah which it's funny because i don't even think about it that way yeah, i think I some either. of the most special moments for me are when i'm in a restaurant and i see someone pull out mm-hmm. the lip gloss yeah. or i'm in a gym and someone's using the kapari deodorant in the locker room and i'm like oh my gosh that's our deodorant yeah, no, and you go talk to them too. yeah yeah or I was just in a retail store and, you know, someone was like loading up on Kapari products and it, they were like, you know, Australian or something. And I was so excited. I was yeah. Like, I remember I think I was messaging her husband and I was like, this girl's buying all this stuff. But Did you go talk to her? And you're like, hey. No, I was so shy. Oh, my God, I'm you shy. shy. <laughs> I'm naturally really shy. So you do have those moments, yeah. but um, I think we could celebrate it more. Do you have a favorite quote or mantra that defines your work ethic? We always both say, just do it. Yeah. Yeah. We do. It's funny. And I think also people are waiting for things to be perfect and right Mm -hmm. and this. And I'm like, just put it out there. And the Mm -hmm. consumer will tell you if it's perfect or not perfect. And you know what? No one even wants perfect anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so easily, you know, easy to adapt this day and age. You just have to be open and flexible Mm -hmm. and, you know, not have your ego there in the way. Yeah. Um, I think that's really important too. And I think one of our biggest challenges with growing is just being quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What would you say you're both grateful for every day? I would definitely say, you know, obviously good health and family. I have a two-year-old, mm-hmm. so it's just so nice to see her growing up. And, mm-hmm. you know, also that I am like working and all that, I think it's really like special for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm grateful for every aspect of my life. I mean, my health, my family, Kapari, my friends. I mean, after this, I'm heading to Napa with a bunch of girlfriends who've been super supportive over the years because I haven't had a lot of time. But yeah, I'm I'm just grateful to live every day and live my best life. And if you could give the Entrepreneurista audience one piece of advice, what would you say to them? I would say, you know, don't let what you don't know like hold you back mm-hmm. because you learned so much along the way. And I personally have evolved so much. Like I didn't have like a traditional, you know, background with jobs and school and everything. And, you know, when I first started, I was kind of questioning myself all the time. But just as you jump in and you're a hustler and you go after it, mm-hmm. you just learn so much, especially this day and age with the internet at your disposal. I mean, you figure it out Mm -hmm. so quickly and you grow as a person. And for me, you know, that's what I value most from Kapari, what I've, you know, learned and grown. And especially just from Gigi and, you know, my partners. And, you know, I was sitting next to her in a cab and I was like, who knew I'd be hanging out with those ladies so much? Yeah. (laughs) But, um, yeah, it's just, you know, you learn so much and, you know, it's so special. So I would really say believe in yourself. Anything's possible. I think what I've learned is we are our own worst enemy and we hold ourselves back. And I think we're fearful of our power, of our kindness, of our love. So we hold ourselves back. It's no one else because I think Mm -hmm. everyone else believes in us. Mm -hmm. So I would just say believe in yourself and anything's possible. And you got to start to be good. You know, like everybody starts somewhere. Mm -hmm. So you got to just start. Mm -hmm. Just do it. One foot in front of the other every single day. That's it. Yeah. And what does being an entrepreneurista mean to each of you? I think it's really made me realize who I am and what I'm capable of. Like I said, I think we always hold ourselves back and, you know, have our insecurities or those voices in our head. And 
over the years, those have really changed for me. And I'm like, anything's possible. And I think for me, the biggest gift is to give that to my kids, to show them, um, both my boys and my daughter, that you can do anything you set your mind to. I mean, I wasn't brilliant. I wasn't perfect in school. I had to work my butt off. And I really believe that like to show them that from the beginning when we were doing samples and coming up with ideas to where we are today is the biggest gift that you know I could give to them. Yeah, it's crazy just, you know, we launched the brand in 2015 and how much you've grown as an individual, you know, since then, Mm -hmm. Um, just both in your life and in your work and, you know, yourself. It's crazy. Um, Yeah. Because it really doesn't seem like that long ago. It's been a long four years. (laughs) (laughs) But an amazing four years. And I always believe like, you know, I say God, but whatever that is to you doesn't give you anything you can't handle. So, I mean, whatever path you're on, just realize there's a purpose for Mm -hmm. it, learn from it, and evolve from it. There's days where it flies by and then days that are long. Mm -hmm. So true. What are you most excited about for Kapari? I think, you know, we're both really excited about the Kapari Village because it's our way of giving back. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think it's, you know, so important. And, you know, we've always kind of given back as you know, as a company, but it's never really been at the forefront. And, you know, we're able to do it because of our success and because, you know, of our customers and, you know, a dollar of all sales on Kapari.com is how we're able to build this village. And it's Mm -hmm. really, you know, about everyone that's supporting us as a company, you know, Mm -hmm. getting products they love, but, you know, at the same time, it's giving back to the farmers. Um, So that's really important for us. And just being able to go out to the Philippines and see how much joy, you know, it brings to the kids and the families is so, so impactful. And it's just been such a rewarding experience. Yeah, I think we learned so many lessons there, like keep it simple, Mm -hmm. like you just need the basics and less is more. Um, but I think in our four years or now four years on the market and six years developing Kapari, it was the most rewarding experience we had. Mm. Yeah. Thank you both so much for joining us today. I know I learned so much from sitting with the two of you for the past hour, and I know our listeners have as well. Where can everyone find you, follow you, and of course, buy your products? So of course, kaparibeauty.com to shop us online. We're also sold in Alta, Nordstrom's, Urban Outfitters, Free People, Anthropology. And you can check us out on Instagram, Kapari Beauty. Uh, my personal social handle is Kiana, K-I-A-N-A, Cabell, C-A-B-E-L-L. And mine's G-G-G-I-G-I dot Goldman, G-O-L-D-M-A-N. And you guys have a special coupon code for our listeners, too. Yes, yeah. we do. You can use the coupon code ENTREPRENISTA20. Thank you guys so much for being here with us. Thank you for having us. It was Thank such you. a wonderful conversation. And this is one of those moments that we're super grateful to be part of. Thank yeah, you. thank you guys so much. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Courtney. And this is the best business meeting we've ever had. Thanks for listening. <laughs>